Welcome to Fielding Questions, a presentation of Ag Country Farm Credit Services and the Red River Farm Network. We're visiting with Rob Fawning, Vice President of Insurance and Customer Education with Ag Country. Rob, uh, let's uh, talk markets. I'm still looking at uh, snow out the window as we uh, look uh, at what's going on with the weather uh, here late April. It's not exactly what we'd, uh, we'd like to be seeing. No, nope. We always uh, get excited early, and uh, Mother Nature just always reminds us that uh, she's in charge, and we'll get uh, going when she allows us to. It's uh, like you said, looking out the window, it's pretty white right now. Tell me, does that impact uh, the growers' decision-making process? You know, I, I think it's still early enough. Uh, you know, producers uh, have their plan in place, and you know they've done some some uh, preparations in the fall and planning here over the winter. I, I don't think we're to the stage now where people are really, you know, adjusting their plans other than knowing the spring's going to be probably short and uh, the window to get things in. Um, so, you know, we're still April. You know, last year was about this time, too. We we had a little shot of, of this snow and weren't necessarily going full bore yet. And so I think uh, until we get into late May, I think that's when people really start switching their, their plans. But right now, I think for the most part, people are just uh, hoping and, and praying for some warm weather to get rid of some of this white stuff so that we can get on the field and get the crops planted that we intend to plant. You know, the price environment we had a, a year ago, farmers were planting really right into the late June. Nobody wanted to even think about PP a year ago. Uh, with this current market environment, is that uh, would it be a little different scenario? You know, I think there's still plenty of opportunity uh, where we're at today, even though the prices have uh, obviously softened from where we were a year ago. Um, a lot of our costs, or some of our costs have also softened, so so that helps make that margin still still obtainable and, and still possibly uh, get what they were hoping for. So, you know, although, like I said, the market softened, we'll see what happens here in late May and, and into June. Um, if uh, we do continue to soften a little more, then, yeah, it might uh, be a little less uh, eager to be planting really late. I know last year there were soybeans planted into mid to late June just because uh, we knew there was opportunity and and all farmers want to see a, a crop sitting on, the, on their dirt, so nobody likes to see that black, and so they were very eager to, to get planted, even though it got a little bit late. Um, you know, this year, I fully expect people are still going to do the same thing. We're going to probably, obviously, plant until, until the end of the planting period, and, and maybe even into late plant, just, just depending on what the conditions. You know, last year, the conditions got real favorable there that middle of June, and I think that made the biggest difference is, if you can plant into some some good soil, you're you're probably okay. And um, you know, if, if all of a sudden it's still muddy and mucky, and are they going to mud it in? You know, that late, I, I don't know that they would. But also last year, you know, proved that late planting and in the right summer, we can have a pretty decent crop. For most of our territory, people had a you know pretty close to average, if not a, even above average in some cases. But um, even though we we did plant that late, and so I think that'll be fresh in a lot of guys' minds when they're you know trying to make that decision. You know, should we continue to go? So. I think that they will. Again, I'm optimistic. Uh, we always have to be optimistic in this uh, industry, but I think uh, Mother Nature will, will will correct itself here, and we'll uh, we'll hopefully get in not too long. Well, after having really too drive conditions on the Mississippi River last fall, we're now looking at uh, high water, and and there's uh, some lock and dams that uh, have closed uh, on the Upper Mississippi. They're talking into mid-May for some portions of the Mid-Mississippi. Uh, with some of the demand out there, I'm thinking particularly with China, does that uh, hamper us somewhat if we can't get that, uh, that river traffic moving? Yeah, I think it's kind of a temporary thing. I, I mean, I, there's a lot of moisture that has to get down the river, and, and like you said, we were you know pretty dry here last year and had had conditions there that uh, we were shutting down for the opposite reason. But I think once you know this this spring, you know, moisture kind of gets flowing and, and gets through. 
Um, I think we'll be okay, so I don't think it'll hamper it uh, too long. It's, you know, if we continue to get these rains, again, nobody can predict the future, and I think that's just key. Is uh, It always averages itself out eventually, so that means uh, we're probably going to get some dry time here too, so hopefully uh, that comes a little bit sooner rather than later for both reasons to get in the field and get some of this moisture just uh, flowing the where it needs to go and get back. You know, we, we needed a, a lot of this moisture to, to fill up those rivers and to fill up some of our, uh, you know, lakes and, and creeks and stuff like that. So, you know, for the most part, I think it's kind of welcome from that perspective. And, and uh, I, I don't know if it's going to hamper too much uh, as far as with the trade side of things. Rob, if I can switch gears over to the, the livestock side of things in particular, we've had uh, all-time record highs in, in this, uh, this cash cattle market. Uh, it's pretty gratifying obviously we're we're seeing that because those numbers are pretty tight yeah absolutely we've had very good numbers in this this cattle market and and, and we're seeing that uh across the area here and um you know those those guys unfortunately that are are buying uh they're buying at high prices but they they can hopefully uh, lock in some some high prices on the on the sale side at the end of once they're they're finished and so those are, you know, obviously there's there's big risk talking to a cattle guy the other day who had just bought a couple loads of, of feeders that he was looking to finish out and has some concerns, you know, will this price hold for the uh, uh, the time that he's going to be feeding them and when he sells them. And so, um, but there are tools out there to, to mitigate some of that kind of risk too. Obviously we've got the, the, the tools with uh, options, but there is also crop insurance on livestock and we're seeing a lot more interest across our whole area in this uh, LRP livestock risk protection, and, and that basically is blocking in a floor for these guys um, for the time frame in which they plan to, to be selling. And that's uh, increased drastically over the last four years just because of some changes to the program, some uh, increased uh, subsidies on it as well, and um, making it much more affordable. And a lot of guys are able to kind of lock in that floor right now and feel a little more comfortable uh, picking up some cattle and feeding them for a while and then looking at the once they're finished out getting rid of them and, and still having this floor in place, even if the market were to fall apart. I'm not saying that it will, but, you know, markets go up, markets go down, and hopefully uh, we can hold these prices for a while and keep this cash high. But um, if there are some concerns on that, like I so said, there's, there's ways to lock that, that floor in and, and put that in place. That risk management tool still still relatively new. You're saying that uh, that producers are taking advantage of it? Yeah, absolutely. They, they are taking advantage of it. Uh, it's uh, not necessarily relatively, it's been around for a while, but they've continued to enhance and, and make some changes to the program. Uh, basically starting in about 2020, 2021, they, they made some changes as, as far as uh, the how, how uh, long they have to uh, own the cattle prior to the end, as well as uh, some subsidy levels, uh, the number of head that they can insure. And one thing nice with the livestock uh, side of things is, you know, if you look at puts, you know, those those have certain contract sizes, you know, 40, 50,000 pounds, depending on what you're you're locking in. That gets to be quite a few head of cattle. Where this program, you can you can buy as little as one head, protect one, or you can do twenty or fifty, or all the way up to you know ten, twelve thousand at a time. Um, but still, it's it's got the flexibility. You don't have to be stuck with that contract, and you can, uh, as you maybe are, are buying some some pens or whatever, you can you know protect those as you buy them and, and move on, and you don't have to uh, buy those large quantities like Again. you would with puts or options or any other options. Yeah, definitely. Again, we're Going to be heading into this month of May. Anything else on the market side that growers should be alert to, whether grain or livestock? Yeah, I mean, I mean this typically, especially for grain, I mean, uh, we typically see a, a high here some, somewhere between uh, April and July. I know looking at the markets today, you, you wouldn't expect that, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen every year, but the, the seasonal trend is we, uh, in the new crop month, 
for for the commodities, we typically would we'll see a high here somewhere between April and, and July, and I'm still hoping that we can catch that rally and 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 push that. And so uh, I always tell guys when they're busy planting and spraying, that's when they should also be looking at the markets or have some uh, orders in to hopefully that can be triggered. Because if we get those rallies and we're busy in the field, it's easy to miss. So uh, I think just having a having an eye on the market and watching, seeing what it's doing, and, and maybe even have some some orders in there. Um, on the on the grain side specifically, and and on the cattle side, I think I just uh, we got good prices here, and uh, it's if we can lock in some profits or, or or some good margin on these things, you know, now be a good time to try to lock that in some way. Like I said, whether you're you're going to use options or a crop insurance policy depends on what kind of flexibility you want, and sometimes the size of that operation, the the insurance piece is definitely uh, catered to to the little bit of the smaller producer and, and a benefit for them who can't afford to to buy those large contracts. Some great information, very timely. Rob Fronning with us, Vice President of Insurance and Customer Education with Ag Country Farm Credit Services. Our podcast can be found on the Ag Country Farm Credit Services website and on the Red River Farm Network website as well. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Don Wick.